0: This is a special episode of Two Guys, Five Movies. Uh, this is your co-host, Chris. And this is Frank. And we just wanted to talk about the latest Netflix series, The Haunting of Hill House. Um, just debuted uh, two, three weeks ago on yeah. Netflix. Um, considering it's... Uh, Month of October, it seems like an appropriate time for the release, and um, we both went through it pretty quickly. I mean, I went through it, I think, over the course of three days, and you were roughly... Like a day and a half. A day and a half, yeah. Yeah. So, I want to go ahead and talk about it. I'm a big fan of it. Like, I I love the series. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. Um, Frank,
1: do you want to explain about it a little bit? Um, So, it's a loose adaptation of the Shirley Jackson novel by the same name. Um, Follows a family... Uh, Through various points in time, uh, jumps back and forth like chronologically between the past, the present, and then sort of like a little bit of like the far past, the near past, and then the present. Um, Family who moves into a haunted house. um, Some tragedy befalls them that you don't really find out until much later in the series, pretty much the end of the series, what the exact tragedy is. Um, And then that tragedy and the ghosts of that house, like, haunt the family um, throughout the course of their lives, like, leading to pretty tragic events. Um, It's used as a really good, uh, like, symbolic representation of addiction and psychological trauma and loss. Um, It works incredibly well as just basically, like, a straightforward standalone, like, horror Show, But also works really well from that same, like, psychological approach of how people deal with addiction, how they deal with family members that suffer from mental illness, um, and ultimately how you can heal and grow, like, through, like, pretty severe trauma. Um, Fantastic direction. Uh, Some of the best slow burn scares, I think, that I've seen in a movie or a show. Like, it's really... I can only think of one, one or two scenes that I would even maybe consider a jump scare. But even then, it's not a jump scare because, like, it builds that suspense to the thing happening. Um, really atmospheric. Uh, just incredibly well acted. Um, I don't know. Overall, like, I have nothing bad to say about it. I was blown away um, to the point where, like, I just, I, I watched an episode at night. And then immediately watched another episode and then had to get up and go to work the next morning and almost called out just so I could like stay in bed and watch it. But ended up just when I got home from work, like watching uh, the remaining eight episodes back to back to back. Um, I I, want to watch it again, really, like probably at some point, which almost never happens with especially like a drama TV series, but.
0: Right. So let's go ahead and break down a few things. Um, we probably will get into some minor spoilers here. Um, I'll start first by talking about, like, um, I think the thing that shocked me is that it's a TV show uh, that I think does horror so well, because typically I don't associate television. Being a big television person, like, for a long time, it's like I don't associate horror with television. And when I've seen horror tried to be played out, whether it's like, oh, God, there was like a slasher show like a decade ago. Do you remember this on CBS? The, like one of the major networks. I think it was CBS. Some of the Kevin Bacon one? or nah, not no, Kevin no, no, Bacon no. <sighs> Who was in that? I have no idea. But it is. it was like, you know, these teens, like, you know, it was basically any slasher film. Like, they're like, you know, they, they, they all go back. They used to be at this camp or something. Shit like that, and then like they go back after all these years, and then for a wedding or something like that, like people are no getting married. Okay, yeah. so it played out like, um, oh, what was the kid's name? Christopher Gorham. I don't know if you remember him, young, skinny actor, um, like 10 years know. ago, yeah. but um, but he, um, he was like one of the stars of it. But it basically was like, Who's the, kill- who's the killer? like you know, and that kind of stuff.
1: That's sort of it's, the, it's, the following, right? Isn't that kind of a similar idea? Yeah,
0: yeah, I, uh, kind that's it, like yeah. a serial killer mystery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I never watched that. Yeah, I didn't, yeah. But, I mean, every time I, like, tried to watch, like, a lot of those, like, horror shows, it's just, they always fell flat to me. Yeah. A lot of times, and this is the first one that I can really think in my memory besides, like, I would say some of the seasons of American Horror Story that, like, really just jumped out to me as, like, this is, this was, like, this is really great television, you know, and it's horror is kind of like the background and the basis of the whole thing. Yeah, so. even
1: even the good episode, even the good seasons of American Horror Story, and there's some bad seasons. Sure, um, seem to go just a little too long sometimes, or yeah. they drag the premise too much. Yeah, and they're also for whatever narrative there is in that show, it's almost a lot of like X Files slash Buffy like Monster of the Week type stuff, where it just seems like yeah, here's a different shocking thing sure. every week. Um, there's another series that's kind of running like concurrent to this, um, to Hill House, uh, called Channel Zero, yeah. um, based on creepypasta memes. Mm-hmm. And it probably comes the closest to being like an effective horror series because mm-hmm. it really just takes like one internet urban legend and makes a six to 10 episode mini series basically about that. And then it's just done. Yeah, Um, which is what Hill House does. Like Hill House tells a story in its entirety from start to finish, and then it's 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 done. Yeah, Um, and it is nice that
0: the creators come out um, in the past few days and said that this story, to him at least, um, not to say Netflix won't try to do anything more with this particular story, but to him, this story is finished.
1: Yeah, but even like Channel Zero at times gets a little—I don't want to say corny, but it just feels like it's it's trying to be weird or like creepy too hard. So you kind of like lose interest a little bit, like in the middle of like an episode. Whereas I think that Hill House, (laughs) because it's very deliberate in the story it's telling and it's, it's brilliant in the way that it like gives you a little bit and then jumps back in time or then jumps forward in time. So it's always giving you like small pieces of the entire story of this family until really starting in episode six, I think is where, like, you hit the climax, and it's, like, the falling action from that point, where you're learning, like, everything from, yeah. from that point on. Um, including, like, the origins of some of the ghosts that you've seen. Um, and then to the point where it almost, like, removes the horror element. Like, I think there's still some, like, creepiness to the last episode, even yeah, towards the end. There is. Once, like, everything's been revealed, but it's more of, like, a sad like mournful creepiness as opposed to like, Oh my God, like ghosts are trying to,
0: yeah, there's, there's a psychological creepiness. There's a couple like things that are like generally like, you know, horror creepy, but there's more of a psychological creepiness to the whole thing.
1: Um, it's very sad too. It is very, um, but also very hopeful, like for the people that are like left after the series is over, like the family, um, and the very end, which is incredibly hopeful. I think it shows like that you can heal and move on from trauma. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I'm most impressed with is I'm usually not a huge fan of literary adaptations, um, especially ones that take like huge liberties with their adaptations. I think that when I saw it was 10 episodes and being like a pretty strong proponent of Shirley Jackson's work, like, and I, I I love that book, the haunting of Hill house, um, which has been made in one, one good movie in the haunting. Um, And then one bad movie in The Haunting from, like, 1998, which is just an abysmal film. Um, I was really, like, skeptical that they could draw out, like, the story in this book into ten episodes. But taking the major characters from the book and making them characters in the series, but keeping, like, their, like, thematically the elements about those characters the same in the series but then changing their relationships and changing like their role in being in the house. It's, it's really a brilliant way to sort of, I mean, and I'll honestly tell the same story that Shirley Jackson is telling, um, while making the ghost like very palpable, whereas in Shirley Jack in the book, like things that are supernatural are more implied. Like you never, it doesn't describe like some ghostly figure or whatever. It's all like an implied supernatural element. And honestly, like you never know if it's in, um, Eleanor who's like I guess the main character of the book you never really know if it's in her head like if it's really just like her having a psychological breakdown or if it's actually like supernatural happenings right um but keeping those characters and making them like active in the series in a different way it's it's really brilliant and probably for being like a very loose adaptation probably one of the best adaptations I've ever seen at least of a novel into something greater than what the novel was in the beginning or larger, maybe not greater isn't the right word, but um, yeah, just, I don't know. Super impressed with it. A couple of
0: things based off what you said. I think that um, first, I think about the number of episodes. I'm starting to think you, you've been touting this for a long time that you always say that you almost usually you think 13 is too long. Yeah. Um, I think we started talking about that mostly with like the Netflix, uh, yeah, the Marvel, Marvel stuff. stuff. Yeah. And, and I think you're exactly right. I mean, like after you said that, I started paying attention and it's like every one of those Marvel series usually could be cut down by three episodes roughly yeah. and tell a more succinct story. Sure. Um, although that still didn't seem to help the second scene of the Iron Fist at all. But, um, <clears throat> but I, I think you're right. American Horror Story is 13 episodes, uh, traditionally and I think like you're right the pacing gets thrown off with these kind of standalone episodes and stuff like that sometimes and I think this is being 10 episodes just very tight and succinct um, and it's again
1: it's brilliant because like like I don't want to spoil too much because I think that I think if you haven't seen it the surprise of the story unfolding is like a, a large majority of your enjoyment you know from watching the series but like there's a ghost that's introduced, like, early on as the Bent Neck Woman, um, who's really creepy, it's it's really well done, it's almost, like, Japanese, like, J-Horror-esque in its, you know, depiction. When you learn the origin of the Bent Neck Woman in episode six, which really, in my opinion, is, like, like, the crystallization of everything that they've led up to yeah. at that point. Um, it's it's so brilliant yeah, and it's like at that point like the next four episodes it's just like reveal after reveal after reveal and then that final episode like I'm seriously I was watching it and I'm like 40 minutes into it and I was thinking like I don't know how they end this like I don't know like how they wrap this up because it felt like there could be so much more but then they do it in such a way where it's 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 heartwarming kind of and it's satisfying and it's also sort of Like, it makes you reflect, I guess, kind of, like, on your own life. Mm -hmm. And again, yeah, I mean, I... I I think that once you get past a certain point of, like, length, you're just kind of repeating yourself or putting unnecessary filler. And not to say that, like, there haven't been really successful shows that are more than, like, ten episodes in length. I mean, obviously, like, we watch a lot of television shows that we love that are 20, 22 episodes long Mm -hmm. um, season-wise, but... Like, you take something like Lost, which we both really enjoyed Lost. Sure. And every season of Lost has at least three or four episodes that are filler or that you just don't care about, you know? And a lot of times it's like, like no offense to, you know, Kate, but it's like Kate-specific episodes tend to be kind of boring. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes the Jack-specific episodes really just kind of don't care.
0: Yeah. Don't understand, um, like, those little episodes like Nicky and Paolo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there. Which episode. I actually, I,
1: I really enjoyed that episode, but... Um, but that's one of the the beautiful things about being on, you know, like a streaming service or on cable. Like why I think people love Game of Thrones so much because it's such like a focused blast of just the things you want to see and it doesn't need to stretch it out, which is why I never understand the the Marvel stuff on Netflix because it's like, I mean, the whole driving action of a like a, a comic book narrative is to like move you from point to point to point and then give you a resolution. And like all the unnecessary, and I guess it's trying to make themselves like feel more mature than just the, the Marvel cinematic universe. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of a waste of time. But there's, there's no plot point in Hill House that doesn't play out to an acceptable resolution at some point during the series. Sure. And in the end, everything is I mean it's it's not like a neat resolution because I think it is a really good reflection on again, like a family that's been faced with trauma and has like yeah. mental illness and addiction. Sure. So there's not like a neat bow on everything mm-hmm. but it's a resolution so that when you finish it, like you really feel like you've watched an entire creation and it's it's meaningful and it's it's powerful.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and as someone who loves horror, like I, I really I love horror but I also love you know, like dramatic, like slice of life films. Yeah. And I think it's like this amazing, like melding of those two things where, I mean, I know a lot of people that watch like, this is us and they love that show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certainly things that I love that are just normal, like family dramas or whatever. And I also love to see ghosts and horror and like having something that combines those two things without being jokey or condescending to one element or another. Cause that was one of my problems with American horror stories. Sometimes I think it's more, it's more using the horror element to try and make like a, a sociological statement. Sure. And it does so in a way that's so obvious that it's like, it's not respecting the horror yeah. or it's not respecting the family drama elements. It's only doing that to like heighten like the scary thing that's coming. And this, like, never does that. Like, you yeah. never feel like one storyline is more important than the other. Mm-hmm. And they go together so well that it just, I don't know, it's it, it's amazing. Like, I well, was so impressed. Yeah, I think one of the ways they do that is
0: a lot of the creepy horror-related stuff is kept to the past a lot of times.
1: More often than not, as opposed to the present. Sure. And um, and when it happens in the present, it's so profound. Right. That it's happening in the present, that right. it feels, like, meaningful. Sure. It's not cheap. It's like sure. there's a purpose to it. Right. And usually it's really around some, like, extant trauma that's happening in a person's life. Yes. That brings those ghosts from the past back to, like, the fore. Right. And I'm really impressed with their use of flashback
0: because, I mean, traditionally, flashback is usually a pretty bad storytelling technique, and it's used as a crutch by a lot of people. Sure. Um, to use flashback I mean the only show that ever integrated it I think like extremely successfully was probably Lost
1: yeah and um, but Lost in the same way that this is doing it where it's giving you a piece of the puzzle that doesn't necessarily fit with the piece of the puzzle you got before sure like it's the puzzle's like in front of you but it's like you have a corner piece and then a middle piece right. and then an edge piece and until like all those pieces come together yeah. and whereas Lost like kind of I think Lost haha like didn't wasn't able to like maintain that thread throughout where like you felt like you got the whole picture sure. like this at the end like you just know yeah everything you need to know right um so so i
0: i'm i was really impressed with that as well um another thing like based off of like what you were saying uh about reflecting on your own life is i think it was really well done and i'll try to generalize this as much as possible is that the the um the the, f- the five children really the things that you're dealing with in one area or another is it's gonna hit everybody at some point one of those characters because one character you're dealing with mental health yeah another character you're dealing with like kind of like ego um, another one you're dealing with adultery another one you're dealing with addiction and another one you're dealing with like emotional isolation yep. and it's like I, I think there's no way you can't like you know, reflect on your own life in some way outside of one of those categories. And see
1: yourself in the way that they react to those things. Absolutely, right. I mean, like, personal disclosure, like, both of us come from families that have, like, had people that have battled addiction. So it's really, like, powerful to see the way that they present it because it's not exploitive and it's not, like, crass. It's really, like, kind of heartbreaking, like, seeing, like, the character that suffers from addiction, Mm -hmm. like, go through... And try to like better himself, but still have all these demons. And you know, I mean, the show represents the demons in a very literal way by like sure. this, this specter that's haunting this guy, yeah. kind of. But it still is like amazing the way that they do it. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to bring up was the acting, which I thought was
0: really strong, pretty much from every character yeah. to one of your, even characters I didn't like as much, like the um, uh, the the older sister, uh, which is Shirley, right? Um, yeah, Shirley's the name. oldest sister. Yeah, and um, that's um, Elizabeth Reeser, I think is her name. Um, and even though like I'm not a big fan of that character throughout the course of it, it's like she does it so yeah. well. Um, but more more than anything, it's like... And, and, and um, the guy that plays Luke is, is I think, really strong. I, I think all of them are to some degree. But I'm really impressed with the casting of... Um, uh, Henry Thomas as the young you, the father yeah. in the flashbacks, and then Timothy Hudden um, playing the older version of you, um, because it just seems to me it's so even though even though it's like two different actors playing two different eras of this character it seems so seamless to me in some ways in terms of the growth from the, yes you know and, and the mannerisms and it's almost like you know th- those two guys really sat down I think and like kind of crafted yeah, it's, it's
1: it's pretty brilliant like from a guy who's full of confidence in life and hope to a guy that's like broken and borderline insane maybe yeah um the other the interesting thing about that and you mentioned like Shirley the oldest sister and Hugh the father um in the novel, Hugh Crane is the architect and original inhabitant of Hill house and the one that supposedly all the haunting is coming from. Um, and it's interesting because through the course of this story, it's Hugh, the father that sort of causes his children to be haunted by his own actions and his own inability to like speak about or confront the past because Mm -hmm. he's trying to protect them. But in doing so, he's sort of like ruining them, even though he doesn't realize it. Um, And that Shirley, who's the oldest sister, who's kind of, like, the one that ostensibly is trying to, like, hold things together for people and the one that's the most, not successful maybe, but, like, grounded, you know, that Shirley is Shirley Jackson, who's the writer. Um, And then, like, Luke is a character and Nell is a character and Theodore is a character. Theodore, who's also a homosexual in the book, like, Mm -hmm. implied, um, and is so in the, you know, Mm -hmm. the TV series. The other thing too that I find really impressive is just the direction, like the way mm-hmm. that um, the way that the camera will like move through scenes. Um, there's things that you and I both notice, and you noticed a lot more of them, I think. But in so many scenes, when you're in the past, there are just ghosts mm-hmm. like in the house, like standing in the background, like watching, and it's really creepy. Like when you when you notice it, they're like, "Oh my yeah. god!" Like there's a face, or there's something like peeking mm-hmm. out behind like that wall, or. Yeah. Um, and then when you get to the end of the, the series and you realize, like, what what Hill House is and, like, what the story is, like, showing through the symbolism of, like, these ghosts and stuff, it becomes, like, that much more profound that these things are just, like, watching these people. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like Again, like, I, I think that it's unfair to, like, really spoil. Yeah, right. Because... Yeah. It's so powerful, like a yeah. lot of those things. When you like see the those. the episode
0: six that you talked about, it's like it, it's such a good twist. That, yeah. Like I like that is like I, sh- I I think I said to you when it first happened. It's like I should have seen it coming and
1: I didn't. Right. Like, and it's like it, it gets you like the, yeah. when, when you see it happen and you're because it's really tense like right before the reveal and then it happens and then as it's happening you're just I, I mean I was blo- I was like stunned. Yeah. I was like oh my yeah. god this is brilliant. Yeah. Um, the other mm-hmm. thing, too, about this movie is, or this show, is, like, the last two episodes, I mean, full disclosure, like, I cried, yeah. like, three oh, yeah. times. Like, it is so emotionally moving yeah. and well executed that, I mean, I was, like, in tears because yeah. I cared so much about... Sure. Like, the, the very end sequence of the of the final episode, I
0: did. Yeah. Like, I know. And then... um,
1: uh, There's something in episode nine, too, that... Some speech, maybe, or something that somebody says that really got me, yeah. where I was
0: like... Yeah, I know that the sequence in the end between Carla uh, Gino and uh, Timothy, Timothy Hutton, Hutton. Yeah. really got me. Very like, emotional. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... It, I don't know if you know, that's, that, that's the major criticism that I've heard so far from, like, kind of just, like, looking around, like, message boards and stuff like that, and, like, reading some articles is uh, the, the ending... Like, the, like, basically, the last episode that they people thought it was uh, lackluster and didn't really fulfill. That's crazy. Like, I think they were looking at it as a horror series. Um, which I hate, like... I, I hate criticizing the way people view things, like, based off of, like, um, my own interpretation. Or, like, you know, my own sense of the show or something yeah. like that. Because that's, that's what uh, David Chase did for... As still does to this day about The Sopranos is, like... Oh well, you know, it, it it was never a gangster show, like, and that's why you didn't get like, you know, the the gang war between New York and New Jersey is yeah. because, and which I I've always felt like is kind of like a cop out, like a, to some degree, like of, um, so I hate making that kind of statement, yeah. but I think they're just not seeing the show correctly for what it is. I agree with that,
1: and I, I think it's more that like the ending still works from a horror standpoint like there still is an element of horror yeah, sure. there in i don't know how to say it without saying too much yeah, yeah. but there's also a very human element to it right yeah. and like like it's it's okay that it ends though. it's it's perfect the way that it ends and like i don't know that it ends any other way because yeah. ultimately it's it's everyone getting what they need to move on from a terrible thing that occurred. Yeah. Basically, I guess. And everyone does. Yeah. Like, no, then it, again, like it's, it's very like sad in some ways, the way that some of these people have to move on. And And, and, and the message is, of course, (laughs) you know, the message is that
0: you, you have to kind of, revisit the trauma in order to move on you know from that trauma and
1: uh, um and accept the people that you love are going to be flawed sure sure and and that everybody's dealing with their own issues you know yeah um even if they seem like they're not they have things and that's with the shirley character i I think that's actually the turning point for me where i really started to like her yeah i agree when when you see what her hidden trauma is right and then you really start to understand a lot of things about... Right, because what, what with what
0: was going on with her compared to who she is as a character, who's this strong steely, you know, um, put, Un, unbending, unbending, but Willful. well put together yeah. and you know, six, su- you know, like, um, conscientious person, successful business, person, right.
1: Successful yeah. mother. Sure. Like. When you
0: realize like, you know, what it is that she did and realize how devastating that was for that personality probably. Sure. And like how much that haunts her. Um, yeah, it really made me feel for her a lot more. I agree. Um, last thing I'll bring up to you, cause you actually have a little bit more, um, experience with some of these other other movies i'm going to bring up but um there was an article um titled inherited trauma the other day uh on a website called screen crush um and you okay. just put in screen crush inherited trauma um into google and probably find it but uh the the thesis was that thematically that there's a trend in 2017 2018 of horror um movies, and then they included Haunting Haunting a Hill House, like, in this, um, where it was, like, uh, Hereditary. um, There was another movie that was in there with Amy Adams, and then there was Haunting a Hill House, and then the new Halloween that just came out last week, um, saying that there's a definite trend now, like, they think, among, like, kind of, like, this... um, Well, it's all Gen Xers, I guess, that are probably making this stuff, probably. But it's like, you know, there's this kind of, like, generational trend of inherited trauma... Um, you know that's going on like in like current horror right now. Yeah. Um, and
1: do you see that, or do you see that in a slightly different perspective? Sure. I mean, I think it goes beyond just 2017, 2018. Like mm-hmm. you look back at um the Babadook and It Follows, and um, even like uh, Annihilation, which isn't necessarily a horror movie but has horror elements to it. Um, I I, I think that filmmakers. I think there's a lot more artistry to good horror movies. Like, The Witch is another good example. Where they're really solid films that just happen to be set in the horror genre. But they're talking about... Like, so, like, It Follows is about, you know... wanton sexuality and, like, what happens when you, like, follow lust as opposed to whatever, I mean, like, really, like, tropes from, like, horror movies forever, but it does it in a way where it's not, like, overt. Um, and the Babadook is the same, like, you know, mental illness passed down from one generation to the other, that's, like, hereditary's mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. The witch is, you know, trauma that's passed on by someone who, like, hyper, like, religiosity or whatever, like, causing like trauma in a family. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, I, I mean, we if you've listened to like podcasts where we talk about horror, I say this all the time, but I think that fear is like an underrated emotion. And I think that things being scary, like sometimes can actually make you have more profound thoughts about how you view the world. And like all the movies you mentioned, I don't know what that Amy Adams movie is. I I can't think of like what she's in, but, um, they definitely do a good job of like, you know, scaring you effectively. And, um, you know, presenting, like, the horror element in a very, like, well-crafted way, but also having an underlying message that really is kind of, like, profound as just a human being.
0: Oh, it's the TV show Sharp Objects is what they were talking Maybe about, I which is a th- more a thriller, I think, actually. Than it is a, I don't know it, so... Yeah, it's
1: a HBO series. Well, oh, that's why. Um Yeah, I don't know. Um,
0: yeah, I, I just
1: found the whole thing... That's, in, a, that, that's really pretentious, though, in a lot of ways, too, because... I would argue that horror has been doing that forever. It's just that it was never taken seriously before. Hmm.
0: I mean, that might be true. I mean, like the idea that, you know, to some degree, I don't think it deposits it, but it insinuates it is that, you know, that there's like this flip to where like we're now blaming to some degree, the prior generation for like the trauma that we suffer. But it's like, I, I don't, See where that's always been. That's been going on since like baby, basically baby boom literature. I mean, like if you go, like I mean, like I I can't remember what year Portnoy's Complaint comes out. Like the Philip Roth like puts mm. that out, but I mean, I think it's the sixties.
1: Yeah, if I remember, and it's like
0: he's doing like that's what that whole book is is like blaming like the prior generation for his trauma, and like that's that's pretty consistent from the sixties up through the seventies, and you know, I mean, just
1: to keep it in the perspective of horror film, look at something like. I don't know, like Godzilla or Night of the Living Dead. I mean, those are whatever, like monster movies or horror movies, like on the surface. But Night of the Living Dead is like certainly a commentary on racism and like socioeconomic status Mm -hmm. and man's like innate ability to turn on each other, like in times of like, you know, stress or trauma. I mean, there's a lot of like, I mean, isn't
0: even Jason Voorhees like the product of his mother? Is it well? Isn't Norman Bates? Yeah, like, Norman, I think Norman
1: Bates is probably a better example than Jason Borey. Yeah. Jason Borey is just a, I don't want to use the word retarded, but like a, I don't know, monster that was drowned in a lake and his—I don't, Yes. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I guess like to a point, like Michael Myers definitely. Like if you look at it, like you know they talk about it in the first movie and it's then like revisited in the sequel that just came out like a couple weeks ago, but definitely like the product of a bad childhood Rob Zombie like ruins it by going way over the top and showing mm. you like all that trauma but you know I mean like yeah, yeah. it's true yeah right I, so it's not like a modern thing it's just that maybe the modern filmmakers
0: or artists great. whatever
1: are doing it in a more like artistically acceptable way sure mm-hmm.
0: so I don't know okay um but yeah anyway uh Honey Hill House, um, really great series, highly recommended. Yeah, like nine hours of your life that'll yeah. go
1: by in like a flash.
0: I mean, it's it, it's so good. But I mean, if you like, I mean, it's it, it has like that family component that Franks talked about, you know, that I think is really solid and well executed. Um, and it intertwines with the horror so well that, um, you know, I think you're consistently getting something that's worthwhile, like out of that entire story, yeah, like agreed. throughout all the episodes. Yep. Yeah. Right. Okay, well, thank you everybody for listening. Have a great night. Have a good night.